Jesus, I just want to pray now. I want to thank you, first of all, that your word never returns empty, never returns without doing something. So, God, today I pray that I'll be one of the somethings <laughs> that your word works in today. Uh, Lord, I pray for each of us that we will have open hearts, soft, soft hearts to hear what you would want us to hear today. Uh, Lord, I pray that as Andrew speaks, you'll just fill him, the Holy Spirit. Fill. Lord, Lord, that we won't just go through this by road or what we normally do on a Sunday. We'll do this because this is an encounter time with you. Uh, so, God, I want to encounter you. I want each of us to encounter you today. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to feel you uh, in our lives and what you want to be doing next with us. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you. I'll do my confession now. Is that all right? Um, what I was thinking about when I wasn't listening was whether during the appeal time, at the beginning of it, we could move Jesus up a bit. You reckon we could do that? I know it's hard. I knew you were going to have that reaction. So she needs some tall people and strong people who will get the ladder, maybe. And I don't care if it's messy, right? Because sometimes putting Jesus in his right place is messy, awkward, uncomfortable, and costs something. Is that Okay. So when we get to the end of this message, I want Jesus to be up where we can see him better. It says if we lift him up, he'll draw all men to himself. Hey, come on, let's do that. That's part of the appeal time, if that's okay. All right. Um, some studies have shown who's, who's um, another confession, um, who's planning to have a healthier year physically, whether it's diet or exercise or absolutely. No, we get to that age, Wayne, don't we, where we don't have any choice, you're right. Some studies show that it's possible to eat lots of food that's high in energy, lots of calories, but low in nutrients. It's heavily processed, usually packaged like chips, chocolate, fast food, bread, a whole bunch of stuff. This food is called empty calorie food because you can eat a lot but still feel hungry. Ever had that problem? No, me either. So we become overfed and undernourished. I wonder how many of our souls are overfed and undernourished. I'll tell you why I want to ask that question. I woke up the other morning and I heard a bit of Michael Youssef. He comes on the radio about 5.30 in the morning. Then I must have dozed off after Michael. I missed Derek Prince. And I heard Joyce at 6.30... And she was really great, and then she finished, and I felt really hungry. I actually had got in touch with my spiritual hunger. And I, I don't think that happens enough for us, but I actually got in touch with my spiritual hunger. And I just wanted more. So I started listening to some Derek Prince podcasts. Now, what struck me about this was I'd had a good week. I've had a great, my last week. I love people, right? And I love long-term relationships. And I've had the opportunity to catch up with some old friends this week. So my little emotional love friend tank thing, whatever you're going to call it, was pretty full, right? Um, I'd had some rest. I'd had lots of time with family. Um, had a great balance, probably a bit too much balance on play instead of work. But it was a great work-life <laughs> balance this week. And I had been spending time with God. But I was just acutely aware the other morning, of my spiritual hunger. 
Our soul was made for a relationship with God and nothing else will satisfy it, no matter how good those things are. That's why I listed off all those good things that I experienced this week. I experienced quality family time. I experienced good friendship catching up. I, I experienced lots of good stuff this week, right? And still my soul was hungry. Why? Because nothing can satisfy our souls except connection and relationship with Jesus. The good news is, just like the other morning, when we realize it's God we've been missing, it's not hard to find him. And Jesus himself said, if you seek, you will find. The English definition of the word seek means to go in search of. So I want to try and inspire you to go in search of God like you never have before. Because I believe sometimes what we're really hungry for is God and we try to stuff our soul with everything else but God and wonder why we're still hungry. So this morning I want to spend a little bit of time on the idea of seeking God. So on your seats, if you use that thing on the other side that's printed on, um, there's some blanks there you might like to fill in just to keep you focused if you need that. And I've got four points this morning that are all around seeking God and how to seek Him. So the first one is the reason we seek the Lord is relationship. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. I love Genesis 15. If you know Genesis 15, God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you like a mighty nation, give you lots of kids. Right? And this guy was 75 and still had no kids and going, God, like, have I missed something? And God came to him and said, come out of your tent, look up the sky, just refresh his vision, refresh the promise. And then he said something really profound, right? He said, I am your shield and great reward. Abraham became so focused on the promise that he forgot about the promiser. And God said, hey, I am your great reward. See, where Hebrews says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, often what we seek is what God can give us. But what we're meant to seek is him. I was going to ask permission for this, so forgive me if, you know, I haven't asked permission. Can I use you as an illustration, Caleb? No, you can stay there. Just because these guys are the most recently married, let's give them a clap for making it through one year of marriage. But if I ask Caleb, right, and yeah, take some tips here if you want to, ask Caleb why he's married, I don't think he's going to list off all the benefits of being married. Benefits, but it's not why they're benefits, right? So we get married, there's benefits to being married, isn't there? You're not lonely, you can share jobs, there's great benefits to being married. But it's not why he married Jess, I assume. Well, I did the marriage counselling, so it's not, no, it's not, not why he married Jess, just for the benefits. He married Jess because he wanted a close, lifelong relationship with her. He wanted a close and I believe Jess won the same. You found someone, you both found someone that you want to spend time with and the best way to spend a lot of time with each other is get married and have a close relationship. Is that fair? 
The other stuff's just byproducts. And often I think marriages go south because we focus on the byproducts instead of the real reason we got married was the relationship. Sometimes I think our relationship with God goes south because we focus on the byproducts, all the stuff God gives us, instead of the relationship, the purpose that started in the first place. Is that okay? I wonder how God feels sometimes when we thank him for all he's done, which is important and okay. But we forget to love him for just who he is. Because he just wants a relationship. I know you feel when you thought you had a friend and you realise they're just using you. I wonder how often God feels like that. See, sometimes we've got to get in touch with the broken heart of God. You want connection with God? Get in touch with his broken heart. How many times we've just kind of walked over his face and not even said thank you? He made us for the pleasure of knowing us. He wants a relationship with us. He loves us so much that he sent his son the best of himself so that he could have that connection. The whole purpose of seeking God is relationship. And enjoying that relationship. So why do we seek God? I'm going to test you as I get to each point. Why do we seek God? Yeah, very good. When do we seek God? You might be able to guess this one. When? Yeah, that's not bad. Now! Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord may, while he may be found and call on him while he, is, while he is near. There's a weird verse. Does that mean God's hard to find sometimes? No. Does it mean he's not always near? No. This is what it means. The prophet impresses a sense of urgency on God's people. This is the time. God can be found now. Seek him now. It isn't that God is hidden and only can be found now. It is that he can only be found when our hearts are inclined to look for him. There's an interesting line, isn't it? When we have trouble finding God, it's not his fault. <laughs> Just if you're wondering. Because we often pray, God, where are you? And I think he says, I'm here. Where are you? And where have you been? We must receive the gift. Oh, sorry. And that inclination itself is a gift from God. You know what? If you're not hungry for God today, ask for more of that. You know, you can ask for anything. God, I just think my soul is so stuffed from the things of this world that I'm not even... I'm overfed and undernourished. So can you just stir up my hunger for you? So I go to nourishment instead of just food? We can pray for that. We must receive the gift and make the most of it while we have it. Not seeking and failing to call on him while he is near means we will not receive the blessings he's promised. I love this, and I had to go back through my Facebook to find it. I remember when I first was reading, it's out of a, a commentary on Philippians chapter 3, actually. And the commentator said this, It's a deception to live either in the past or in the future. God wants us to press on in the present. Hear this, because the present is where eternity touches us now. 
hear that? Eternity, the present, is where eternity touches us now. Not thinking about tomorrow, not thinking about yesterday, but just being present. You know, um, it's taken psychologists however long it's taken them to work that out because, you know, everything's about mindfulness today. And the Bible said it a thousand years ago, just so you know. I love it when science proves God right. just takes science a while to catch up. Psalm 61, 63, one says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Some translations say, in the morning. I want to ask you this. What if I told you you only had today to live? What would you do? See, often we think too much about tomorrow. I know we've got a plan and all that stuff. But how good are we, especially in our day and age, of just being present? Because surely you know it's impossible to connect with people unless you're present. Unless we're here connect, listening, engaging, being present, we're not going to connect. And the same with God. If we sit down and read the Bible, pray, come to church, whatever, we're not present. We're not going to experience connection. It's just not going to happen. So we have to learn how to slow ourselves down. And I think part of that is just focusing on the present. Can I just say this? Because, you know, part of my job is to correct and rebuke. Sometimes I stand up at the back of church during worship. And people are not focused on God. So you're not going to connect with God if you're not focused on him. So I encourage you. That's the only reason we do worship here. It's not because we like singing, although we don't mind it. It's actually to help focus on God to get us present. really helps if you show up at 9.30 or before, because some of you like to chat, and we love that. So show up and chat at 9 o'clock, come to the prayer meeting at 9.15, chat some more at 9.30, and then be prepared to focus on God at 9.30. There's a good plan. Just a thought. Sorry, 10, sorry. That's why I come early, otherwise I would miss church altogether because I have no good, and I'm not good at telling time. If you feel uncomfortable right now, that might be the Holy Spirit just saying. You know what? Can I share this too? We, we do a health check on our church every year. And last year, and, and this health check is all about checking whether the church is healthy, and it measures eight different characteristics they found of a healthy church, right? Things like effective structures and... Um, empowering leadership and it's all about the adjective not the noun right so every church has some kind of leadership but healthy churches have empowering leadership right you know our second lowest and it says the low ones are the ones you need to work on it's passionate spirituality really bothers me friends so you know what i'm gonna annoy the hell out of you this year until we get passionate i'm gonna be in your face because i'm actually embarrassed by that result I'm ashamed of that result. It's time to stir things up, friends. Is that okay? Can we go? Are you here for Jesus or are you here for friends? You're here for Jesus or are you here for food? You're here for Jesus or are you here for some other weird thing? Because there's better things to do than this on a Sunday if you're not here for Jesus. Is that okay? And, you know, if you don't like me, that's okay too. I'm past that. So why do we seek Jesus? When do we seek Jesus? Thank you. And the best way to seek the Lord is wholeheartedly. That shouldn't be a surprise, should it? 
Jeremiah 29, 13 in the Amplified Bible says this. I love it. Well, in the NIV it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Not with, you know, some half-hearted, weak attempt. Jeremiah 29, 13 in the Amplified says, Then with deep longing. I think it's up there. Isn't it? How good is that? That's what I was experiencing the other morning. And instead of just kind of, what do you call it, moving on, I allowed myself to feel that deep longing. I thought, this is a weird feeling. I just want more of God this morning before I get anything. Isn't that a good feeling? I want more of God this morning. Then with deep longing, you will seek me and require me as vitally necessary. See, the enemy, the devil, tricks us into thinking God's not vitally necessary. Well, friends, he is. He actually is. Put it, keep it up. Seek me as vitally or, or as vital, our vital necessity. There you go. I didn't do real good at grammar at school, if you can't tell. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, we can run, rattle off a bunch of methods, and we have already, and they're good, and that's okay. So the best way to seek the Lord, read the Word, pray, worship, fellowship, give, serve. Lots of methods, right? All of those are not going to cut the mustard unless they're done wholeheartedly, with a whole heart. I love this. Let's, let's just go to the video, hey? Is that okay? Enjoy this, because the world's full of crazy people. Ah, get the volume and go back. I'll just give you a bit of intro. This guy, right... We'll watch it again. With the, we're going to have the audio. That's Some of you are old enough like me to remember Evil Knievel. Who remembers Evil Knievel? We've done it, of course we did. And and it's like excellent. If you're gonna jump into a rock pool from about twenty five, thirty feet or whatever it is. You just got to jump. You don't think about it, right? Now, if you've made up your mind to follow Jesus, it's time to stop thinking about it and just jump. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. Because the Bible also says, now is the day of salvation. Oh, well, I might think about it a bit more, maybe tomorrow. It'll never happen. Okay? Now, let's watch this crazy man who's wholeheartedly jumped Number the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. 
How good is that, hey? We, we've forgotten I love crazy people, right? Uh, you know what? I like to think I'm wholehearted for Jesus because if I wasn't, I'd be in Queensland on the beach right now. I wouldn't have given up my life to follow him, just so you know. I'm not here for a game, friends, okay? I don't think he was playing. I don't think he was laughing as he'd come up to the ramp. And remember that old saying? I love it. We don't say it enough now. Oh, go break a leg. <laughs> you know what? In your walk with Jesus, go break a leg this week. Hey? He was prepared to break a leg. What are you prepared to do for Jesus? Hey? If we only want to keep our bums comfortable, we're not going to change nothing. Not even our own lives, let alone the world. So next time I see him, I might say, break, are you breaking a leg for Jesus? Because Robbie broke a leg in the name of his father. Maybe we could break a leg in the name of our father. Come on, no more half-baked nonsense, hey? Let's turn it up a few notches. And you'll find God will engage with that. Because you know what the Bible says in Revelation? If you're lukewarm, I'll just spit you out of my mouth. God doesn't like lukewarm. He'd prefer cold, stone cold. Because at least it's authentic. Then lukewarm. He likes hot. Okay, if you're not hot for Jesus today, get stirred up. Hallelujah. Absolute. Five, I don't know, 500 cc, you can do a fair bit of damage. Yeah, no posty bikes, they're not allowed. I've hurt myself on one of them too. All right. So why do I seek him? Why do I seek him? Why do I seek him? When do I seek him? How do I seek him? Awesome. And how long do I seek him? I know, I like that answer too, but it's not the one I got. <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. Hosea, Hosea 10, 14 says, Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. In other words, your hard hearts. For it's time to seek the Lord. How long? Till he comes and showers righteousness on you. Until something changes. And I think when something changes, keep seeking him anyway, like Nate says, always. But yeah, sometimes I think we quit early. In the context of Hosea 10, we reap what we sow. One commentator says, if you seek God, he will answer you. If you trust in yourself, then you can only rely on yourself. I think that's worth saying again. Did you hear that? If you seek God, he will answer you. If you trust in yourself, then you can only rely on yourself. See, when you're in the dark tunnel, I don't know about you, I don't want to be there by myself. Myself's not that great. I'd, I'd rather be there with God. I want you to think about a current issue in your life that you need fixed or resolved. Just think, we're not going to ask you to share it. Just have it in your head. What's something you'd love God to fix right now or resolve in your life? Why don't you think about how you're going to fix it? Can you think of a solution? Maybe you already tried a whole bunch of solutions. Have you sought God about it? See, if you're like me, often when I've tried everything else, then I seek God. <laughs> it's really counterproductive, isn't it? Why not seek God first? That would save me a whole bunch of time and effort and stress and anxiety 
See, I think here's a great formula for success. Seek God, hear God, obey God. I heard someone this morning before church say, just trying to do life simple. I think actually, friends, that's the, that's the answer. Is keep it simple. See, the world complicates everything. Jesus keeps it simple. Profound, but simple. The problem is often we seek, but we don't either like to wait too long, do we? Or we don't like the answer we get. Have you ever had that? You got an answer from God and said, God, I like that answer. Is this a multiple choice question? Is there another option? I love this, right? A guy called Naaman had leprosy. And he was a great dude. Like, evidently, he was really handsome. He was in the army. He was, like, up there. You know, he's like, woo, Naaman, right? And he got leprosy, which is bad when you're any time, especially when you're a handsome dude, right? Because leprosy, like, rots your skin off, so you're not handsome anymore. And he wanted to get healed, right? He heard this man of God called Elisha. And so he thought he'll go to Elisha because I'm an important dude. Elisha will hear me and seek God and maybe I'll get healed. So he went to Elisha, right? And this is so funny. This is so God, right? Elisha sent his messenger to tell Naaman to go wash in some filthy old river, the Jordan, right? And Naaman got his answer but was offended by it. How funny is that? This is what he says, right? I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. How many times do we go to prayer and say, well, God, I'd like you to answer my prayer, and this is how I'd like you to answer it. (laughs) Just if you haven't worked this out yet, God will not be manipulated by you or by me. Just bring your need, friends, and let him work it out. He said, are not, and I'm not sure of the names, a couple of rivers, he says, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Hey, he'd rather be angry with leprosy than humble himself and get healed. We've never done that, have we? Just checking. Naaman's servants went to him and said, sometimes our servants need to rebuke us. My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you to wash and be cleansed? So he went down, dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Amen. He humbled himself. I believe God sometimes does things this way to reveal our pride. It takes humility to seek, it takes humility to hear, and it takes humility to obey. <clears throat> and it takes humility to wait, because sometimes we don't get an answer straight away. When I ask you this morning, which do you need to be doing in this season? Seeking, hearing, obeying, or waiting? Because every season is different. To finish up, a guy called Roger Babson, he's a real guy, I checked. An American historian was visiting the president of Argentina. This is quite a long time ago. And he said to the president back then, you are a student of history. Will you please tell me why it is, the president said to this historian, you are the student of history. Will you please tell me why it is that South America, with her unlimited resources 
and having been settled earlier than North America, has nevertheless made much slower progress in civilization and material prosperity. So South America seems to be stuck in poverty, while North America, certainly for a season, was very prosperous. Mr. Babson, the historian, threw the question back upon the president, that president of that time, by saying, Mr. President, you evidently have studied this question yourself, and I would be interested to know your answer to it. The president replied that he thought the explanation lay in the fact that South America was settled by Spaniards who came seeking gold, while North America was settled by pilgrim fathers who came seeking God. How interesting. Are you seeking gold or are you seeking God? Are we seeking an answer or are we seeking the person that gives the answer? I think it makes a massive difference. So what we're going to do, our appeal time is going to get real messy, right? I love messy. You need messy. When everything's ordered, normally what happens is we've ordered God out of things, just if you're wondering. So all the control freaks out there, just get in touch with messy because that's often where God is, okay? The other thing I want you to do, and we're going to worship too, so you know we'll get to that. But up here is our roster for our prayer room, right? So I just wanted to put it in your face this morning because there's lots of spaces here for our 24-3 prayer room. And so I'd like you to come and pray about where you should put your name. I understand not everyone can make it. And I think it's okay too, like if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, they can do that from home, but you actually need to get out of bed. And we've got a prayer room Facebook page that you can comment on just to see, you know, some accountability that you're out of bed praying. Melissa's not listening to me now, but that's okay. She's trying to fix the last thing I asked her to do. Is that okay? So I don't even mind if you come up here, have a look, and don't put your name down right now, but I want you to come and have a look. And, and this is a great opportunity to seek God. I don't mind. I might be hanging around quite a bit during these three days just because it's a great opportunity for me to have a spiritual retreat early in the year. So that's why we put it at the beginning of the year so we can seek God first in the year. And so I'm... Um, Come and suss it out. The prayer room's a great opportunity to sit and pray, sit and read, just spend time with God. If it's from, you know, I don't know what time we're going to have it open, we'll let you know. If it's one o'clock in the morning, we'll probably encourage you to do it from home um, or two o'clock in the morning or whatever. So put your names down for that. Um, we'll get Jesus as high as we can. We'll have some music. Let's engage. What else do we need to do? You know what? If you're... If you're aware that you're seeking other things and not God, maybe it's time to shift that today. And the best way to do that, I did something pretty powerful yesterday. I've been meaning to do it for a while. Sometimes in the little things, right? I just got on my phone, found the Facebook icon and deleted it and found freedom. Sometimes it's just little things like that. So what do you need to do today to shift yourself from maybe a whole bunch of different distractions making sure Jesus is right in front of your face as much as he needs to be so that we make sure that we're not overfed, we're actually got nutrition, spiritual nutrition for our souls. Let's engage, stand and worship, come and write something down, kneel and pray, give your heart to Jesus, that's a really good idea if you haven't done that before and let's use this time productively for him. Let's stand now, hey, because I want you to engage, we need to engage. No more passivity, makes me a bit nauseous.